All right, good morning, ladies. Oh, my hair, y'all. I had to actually wash my hair. If you ask me, I would consider hair people to be essential <laughs> to our livelihood. So it's funny, if you know me, if you're watching this, you know that um, I don't wash my hair very much myself. I actually, my hair person, she is a sweet friend of mine. I will go to her every week and she will wash my hair for me. So um, when I have to do it myself, honestly, it takes me three or four hours, which is why I hate to do it. Um, hey, Christy. And so I had to wash my hair last night because we're doing recording something for today. So it's just a little crazy, just a little crazy. Um, but thank you guys for being a part of this this morning. I'm going to put us like this for gallery view. If you missed yesterday, what we're doing is over these last two days, I am focusing on a group of moms and then I'm focusing on a group of young adults, college students, and we're talking about our anxiety and what is happening. Uh, I shared a little bit of my story, my own story of dealing with anxiety and how that affected me throughout my life. That uh, episode was recorded yesterday, so after we do this one, I will send those recordings out. And if you guys find that this is helpful for you, we'll continue to have these weekly conversations to just help you walk through this journey to walk through all that you're going through so you know that you're not alone, that other moms are feeling and experiencing the same thing that you are. And majority of us have no idea what we're doing. We are just trying to fake it till we make it. My kids, they're supposed to be doing, you know, getting ready right now, brushing their teeth. And I hear, I hear them in my youngest room playing chopsticks on her keyboard. Uh, and it's fine. It's totally good. They're, I know that eventually I have faith in these children that they're going to follow through and do what I asked them to do without me having to use my mom voice. Does anyone else have a mom voice that you have to use? Um, just to let y'all know, I do have you muted, but there is a chat section and you can type in there if you have questions, if you want to reach out and just share where you're watching from, you can absolutely do that. Uh, just know that that is available to you. So thank y'all for hopping on early. Um, are your days getting like mixed together? Do y'all know what day it is? I think today is Thursday. Um, so all my days are getting mixed up and I forgot I had something to do at nine. So that's why we had to start just a few minutes early. Um, so again, we can do a more of a deep dive into this information next week, if that will be helpful to you. But over the course of the last couple of years, as I have just been studying about anxiety and just reading the Lord's word and just trying to understand what is going on in our bodies, what is happening. Um, when I wrote Anxiety Elephants, when I wrote that devotional, I met with a lady who was actually an acquisitions editor, which means she would say, yes, let's take this manuscript and go publish it. And so she was retired and I met with her and was talking about anxiety elephants. And she told me, she said, Karis, you need to become an expert about anxiety. Um, yes, learn about the Bible and learn what God's word says, but understand what is happening in the brain. Like you need to study that. And so that really stuck with me. So over the last few months, I've been really trying to study and listen and learn, and I'm still learning. So as I'm learning, I just want to share that information with you all as well to help you understand that anxiety is a real reaction from your brain. 
um, that that is not something that you are making up in your head. That is not something that um, you have created. It is a real response to, to a thought, actually. So that's what anxiety is. It is a response to a thought about a situation. And that response typically with anxiety is filled with fear, nervousness, and worry. So anxiety will take that thought and take it to the brain and the brain treats the thought of something that could be a threat and a true actual threat, your brain treats it the same. There is, Cause it doesn't know the difference. It just knows to react because that's what, what our, our brain is telling our body to do. It's telling our body to react. So when that anxiety hits, when that fear belief with that reaction to a thought of a scary situation hits, that's our brains responding. So you got to think about it like this. It's our fight or flight response. So for us, well, for me, if I am going to Karma's, which is a local coffee house here in Coleman, and a car is racing towards me, what are we going to do? Are we, we're going to run, right? It's going to be our flight or fight response. So I'm going to fly out of the way. I don't want to get ran over by that car. Um, and that is your emotional part of your brain has taken over at that moment. You have an emotional part of your brain and you have a cognitive part of your brain. So we don't, in that moment, we don't want the cognitive part of our brain to be in control and us stand in the middle of the road and say, hmm, should I stand? Should I go? Should I try to fight this car? Should I, what should I do? We don't want that cognitive part of our brain in control. We want the emotional part, that fight or flight, to be in, in control to say, move, get out of the way, run. Because that's what our brain wants to do. It wants to protect us. It, it knows that we're kind of important and we're kind of amazing. And it wants to keep us alive. So that's a good thing about that fight or flight response. And all of this is actually coming from a part of your brain that's shaped like the size of an almond called the amygdala, the amygdala, which y'all, this is funny because when I have taught this to schools, I had to ask uh, Suri, how do you pronounce this word amygdala? Cause I could not figure it out. So when you're standing in front of different ages, students, you want to make sure you kind of know what you're talking about. But the amygdala is this small shaped almond sized thing in your brain that controls all your emotions. It's like the center, the epicenter of all of this. And it controls those emotions of fear, anger, sadness, aggression, worry, anxiety. And it controls that survival instinct, that fight or flight. Um, and it also stores those memories that you have with a strong emotional connection. So also think about in your life, you have these memories, these moments that have an emotion attached to them. And when something else comes about that will stir that anxiety, it comes from that memory. So for example, for me, when those tornadoes hit in 2011, my husband, Brandon, was in Coleman. We lived in Arab at the time. I was alone with Zoe, my daughter. She was actually taking a nap and he was in Coleman. I could not get him. I could not reach him. Uh, phones were not working. So anxiety and fear kicked in when all those tornadoes were happening. Now, here we are all these years later. When when bad weather is mentioned, I immediately go back to that memory and anxiety wants to kick in and I want to panic. I want to freak out. 
um, because that's what happened in that moment. So those memories, those emotions are attached together. And so sometimes we have to rework our responses to situations and kind of rework those memories in our brains. Um, and so that amygdala has that switch. That switch flips on to protect us. But sometimes our amygdala is like that overprotective parent. So let's be honest for a minute. Are any of us overprotective parents of our children? I am 100% an overprotective mom um, because I constantly think about what if this happens? What if that happens? And all these scenarios play out in my brain. And so I try to hover over my children. That's not necessarily a good thing. I'm trying to keep them alive. I'm trying to protect them, but I'm keeping them when I'm in that overprotective mode from living their life, from experiencing things that they need to experience. And most of the time, those thoughts in my head that cause me to be overprotective are never gonna happen. They're never gonna happen. So our brain is the same way. It has that switch. And when it flips on into overprotective mode and it stays on, and it just drives, constantly driving, constantly driving. And eventually that switch is going to explode. Then you explode, then I explode, and we go into those anxious moments. We have those anxiety attacks. Our body responds in an explosive manner. So what are some of those explosive things that could happen to your body? So first of all, you may feel your heart racing. You may feel your heart racing, and your heart is racing um, because your brain is trying to work hard to pump this fuel around your body so it can fight or flee. Because again, it thinks you're in a dangerous situation. Even though it's just a thought, it thinks you're in a dangerous situation. So now it's working to pump this blood to get it to your muscles, to your body, to go, to run. Um, something else you may experience is shortness of breath. You may feel breathless. And you may feel like the blood is rushing to your face and your face turns red. I don't know if y'all have ever experienced that. And that's because your brain is trying to tell your body to stop using all the oxygen or you're taking those deep breaths and it's trying to send it to your muscles and get your muscles ready for that energy to run or to fight back. Um, and so your brain all organizes all this stuff. It's amazing. It organizes all this stuff to take that oxygen that you're trying to breathe and push it to your muscles so that you can be ready to run. Um, sometimes you may feel dizzy or confused and that's because you have all this super fuel of adrenaline and hormones racing through your body and it has nowhere to go because you don't need to run. You don't need to fight. And so it's racing, racing, racing and it's causing it to kind of put your brain again in overdrive which causes you to feel dizzy, to feel confused, that adrenaline, I learned yesterday, adrenaline is a stress hormone. So when we operate in that adrenaline mode, that's stress taking over. And think about it. When that adrenaline stops, what happens? We're typically exhausted or we're sore. Our bodies are sore because we didn't need to use all that. And when it happens, our bodies have gone into overdrive and then they're exhausted when it has stopped. Um, you might feel sweaty. I laugh all the time because I tell people I'm pretty sure I sweat like a man. I sweat more than my husband does, um, which is, was horrible when I would have to teach. Um, I, I had child development degree, so I had a classroom of young children, two to five-year-olds, but I also taught college students. And then there would be college students observing us behind a black uh, 
window. Like they could see out, we could not see them. Um, so I would sweat horrible. It was awful. So college students, I knew they're not listening to me if I'm sweating. So anyway, that was a random story I just chased, but I get it. If you sweat and that's because your body's trying to cool down because it is overheating, man, here comes this anxiety attack and it's overheating. So you're sweating because your body is trying to cool down and trying to find a way to calm down because it doesn't know what to do. So it's trying to calm down. Um, and then for many of us, you may feel like bursting into tears. You may feel like bursting into um, an angry outburst. You may feel like um, bursting into all sorts of emotions because you have been overtaken by these emotions and you don't know where to go because you're, you're feeling angry, you're feeling upset, you're feeling sad, you're feeling nervous, you're feeling worried. And then you have this outburst of emotions because it has nowhere to go because you don't need to run, you don't need to hide. So it just gives you this outburst. So what do you do? How do you fight back? How do you cope with all of these things that are happening in your brain? So that's first of all, the good news. You can cope. When this happens in your brain, what it needs for us to do is to say, stop, and I'm taking control. I am in charge of you. I'm going to be the boss of my brain, and I'm going to tell you what to do because that's what our brains need us to do. It needs us to tell it what to do. And I know sometimes our kids think that they are the boss of our home and of our lives, but they're not. And you get to have control of your brain. You get to flip that switch off, and you get to take back the control. So what are some coping skills of ways that you can do that? And again, I know I'm talking through all this very quickly and next week we can take a deeper dive into these things if you want to. Um, but I want to just try to get you as much information as I can. First of all, that what you can do is take deep breaths. And I know many times when you have an anxiety attack or you're feeling anxious, um, people will tell us things like, don't panic or uh, you need to calm down. Well, so here's the deal, that does not work. It does not work um, and it dismisses what you're feeling and what you're experiencing. Um, you know you don't need to panic and you know you need to calm down. But when someone tells you that, what happens then is now that's heaped on shame to you and now you're like feeling ashamed of what you're feeling and experiencing. However, one thing that you can learn and tell yourself is to take a deep breath, stop, and take a deep breath. Even if you have to close your eyes and imagining yourself breathing in a great cup of coffee or hot chocolate, or maybe if you're sitting by a fire, whatever you need to do, just stop and take that deep breath in through your nose and hold it for three or four seconds and then breathe out slowly through your mouth. And I know that may sound silly and that may sound so small, but guys, it is so helpful to what it can do for your brain and your body. You can say good morning. This is my youngest. Go get your breakfast. Okay, go ahead and do that. Um, there you go, there's one of mine. Um, it is super helpful for your body. When you take in that deep breath, it immediately turns that overdrive switch that your amygdala has turned on off. And it puts your brain back into that calm, thinking space where we need to make decisions. Making decisions from that fear and emotional state will oftentimes lead us to decisions that are not the best. But when we can stop and we can take those deep breaths, it relaxes that amygdala 
It puts us back in that calm part of our brain. It neutralizes all of those hormones and adrenaline and fuel running through our body. It neutralizes it and it calms us down and that deep breath just helps us. So taking a few deep breaths every day is huge. Getting active. So when you can get active, that takes that fuel that's needing somewhere to go and it burns it because you got to burn it. You got to get it out because many times when, when that fuel is racing through your body, it feels painful, right? Your heart beating, you can't breathe, you're paralyzed, you're completely stricken in fear and you can't move and it's painful. So when that happens, you got to move, you got to get active. It could be taking a walk around your neighborhood. It could be standing up by your desk and walking in place. Um, it could be stretching, taking those moments to just stretch your arms out or stretch your legs out or just stand up and kind of move, move side to side. You know, you, if you're in a place where you can't really stand up and exercise, that's okay. If you got to just move your stand up and move from a sitting position at your desk to a standing position. Um, those type of things, getting active in some form or fashion will help burn that fuel and give it somewhere to go. If you can exercise for 20 to 30 minutes a day, that will be a game changer for you. And I know for many of us right now, we're like, how do I even do that? How do I find time to exercise? I'm working from home. My kids are at home. I'm trying to do all the things. And that's where we, where we can get creative. You can have a walk with your kids. You can go on a scavenger hunt. Um, you can play outside with them, just doing those type things to find ways to get active and not just be sitting and doing nothing allows that fuel to have somewhere to go. Uh, third, I know I talk about this all the time, but y'all it's, it is huge. That attitude of gratitude is huge for you. It can help you to just focus on what you have in your life to be thankful for your brain physically. It cannot do these two things at once. It cannot think about anxious things and uh, things that it's thankful for at the same time. There's no way. So even if you say, I don't know what I'm thankful for, just by sitting and thinking, trying to come up with things you're thankful for, it keeps it from going into that anxious place. Um, and then I would encourage you as you're practicing an attitude of gratitude, go back to that childlike faith, that childlike spirit, and practice this with your kids. And they can teach us how to go back to having a simple, true attitude of gratitude. Get very, very specific. My youngest, y'all just saw her. She is so good at this. She is thankful for her sparkly shoes. She is thankful for her uh, pink blanket that she sleeps with. She is thankful for her keyboard. She is thankful for um, her snacks. She is thankful for her books. She is thankful for her own potty. You know, all these little simple things she is thankful for. And when we do that, when we break it down into small, simple things, and we try to come up with five or 10 every day, we're not going to run out of things to be thankful for. I promise you, you're not going to run out of things to be thankful for. One thing that I have been so grateful for over the last few days is the beautiful sunshine that we have had so that we can get outside. We've had so much rain here in Alabama over the last two months to see sunshine and the warmth of it has been amazing. And I, that for me, when I get out in the sun, get that vitamin D, that's another thing that can help with anxiety um, and help your immune system. That is huge. So practice that gratitude. A couple more things and then we'll be done. Um, practice helping others. This was huge for me. When I was 
in that anxiety and when I was trying to get out, um, helping other people was, was huge because it took the focus off of me and what I was thinking about and what I was worrying about and it put it on other people. Um, and it allowed me to help other people. It allowed me to see that I had something to offer. I had a way to help um, and that it wasn't all about me. And there goes, y'all. Do y'all hear that noise? My sweet girls, I love them, but man. Okay, so helping other people, that is huge. That will help you to not focus on yourself, but it'll help you focus on other people and know that there's hope that needs to be offered to this world and we need to offer hope. Um, lastly, I'm gonna tell you today your thoughts. What are you thinking about? That is probably the biggest one for us all. We have anywhere from 60 to 80,000 thoughts per day. And majority of those thoughts, 80 to 85% of them, unfortunately, they are negative. They are negative thoughts about ourselves, about our circumstances, and about what's going on in our life. So what if we did this? Because now we know we're in control and we're in charge of our brain. So what if we are active and intentional about what we choose to think about, what you choose to think about yourself, what you choose to think about for your life and for your kids and the situation that you're in right now? God's word tells us in Psalms 139 that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So if our creator calls us fearful, fearfully made and wonderfully made, if he thinks that about us, then we need to think that about ourselves. So focus your mind on positive life speaking things about yourself. Philippians 4, I would challenge all of you to go read Philippians 4. And there is scripture on there that tells us to think on what is true. That's Philippians 4, 8. What is true? What is noble? What is pure? What is kind? What is praiseworthy? What is excellent? That is what we are to think on, not on the what if situations and worst case scenarios that we may have created in our mind or, or the fear mongering that the news media may be trying to push at you or your social media feed is full of. Those are not the things that we are to think on. We are to think on those good and lovely and pure things. And I'm not saying to put yourself in some rainbow and unicorn world. I'm saying to put yourself in a wor world that is filled with God's word, that is filled with his truth, and is filled with faith. And that's where hope can live. That's where um, trust comes from. And that's where we want to live our life. And when we live in that place, then our brain moves to a faith-filled thinking process, not an anxious and fear-filled process. And I will be honest with you, that is what has helped me the most in this time and in this situation, I've not, I've stopped looking at the news because I, I cannot handle it. Um, and I have to catch myself on social media, especially when I see friends go off on tangents and they're freaking out. My brain wants to freak out because those are people that I know. Those are people that I love. And my brain thinks if they're freaking out, then you need to be freaking out. And that's not the case. So I have to step away and I have to think on, okay, what is true? What does God's word say? What does he say about me? I know that he tells me in his word, he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He tells us 
through Joshua 1, 9, to not be discouraged, to not be afraid, to have courage, and to stand strong, and to not look to the right or to the left, but to focus on him. Psalms 91 tells us that he has commanded his angels to watch over us, to guard us, to protect us, to keep us safe. Isaiah 41.10 tells us to fear not because he is with us, to not be dismayed because he is our God. He will strengthen us, he will help us, and he will hold us up with his righteous right hand. Those are the things that I have to choose and be intentional to think on. So you got to be intentional on what you're thinking on, just like we have to be intentional about not eating junk all the time. Because if we eat junk all the time, how do our bodies feel? They feel sluggish, they feel tired, and they feel yucky. So that is the same for our brain. If we fill it constantly with fear and with doubt um, and with anxious thoughts, it's going to feel sluggish and it's going to feel scared and it's going to feel um, that overprotective mode. But if we fill it with good things, just like if we fill our body with good things, with fruit and vegetables and protein, that's good fuel, makes our bodies feel good, makes our bodies feel healthy. The same for our brain. When we fill it with good things, it's going to feel good and it's going to stay in that hope place. So even though circumstances may look not what we would like right now, we can put ourselves in that place of hope knowing that this season will pass. It's going to pass. We are going to get through this. God is with us. He is with us and he is on our side and we know that he wastes nothing and he uses everything for our good. So we can trust in that, that he is a good father and trust in the fact that he believes in your skills as a mother. He believes in your skills as a worker. He believes in your skills as a friend, as a daughter, whatever role, whatever hat you are wearing today. He puts you in that position on purpose for a purpose. You are where you are for a reason, for such a time as this. So keep your brain and your mind focused on that. If you feel that anxiety try to hit you today, take that deep breath, pause, look around. What can you be gracious for? Who can you reach out and encourage? Who can you pray for? How can you get active today? Focus on those things that you can do. What are those positive life-giving things you can focus on with God's word? And I'll send you guys some of these scriptures if you need help finding them. But again, Philippians 4, that has a great one, and Psalms 91. Those two are the big ones for me right now. Focus your mind and your heart on those. Turn the media off. Turn it off. Just turn it off. Turn social media off if you need to. And just notice the difference and the shift in your brain and your thinking and doing these things will help you over time learn how to cope with anxiety and then you move to taking your life back from anxiety and you don't just live in that survival mode you move into thriving mode and walking in everything in every way that god wants you to walk okay so i know that was a lot of information i'm gonna send you guys these recordings so you can go back and listen um, next week, we may continue these uh, chats just so that we can have that community. That's the last thing we need to do is to isolate. If anxiety is trying to attack you, isolation is the last thing you need. So having a community to talk to and just see 
that can be so helpful for you right now. So um, just stay tuned for that and we'll take some deeper dive into scripture, deeper dive into some things with your brain because both of those are important. Your faith, your mental health, they go together. Um, God gave us our brains. He gave us that part of our body. So it's important to take care of it. Um, so thank y'all for joining. Thank you for hopping on early and uh, for just being patient with me through all of this. Um, again, I will get these recordings out to you all. I'll get some scripture out to you. And if there's anything that I can be praying for you, if you need to talk about anything, you can reach out to me. Sometimes it takes me a minute to respond but I will respond. Um, Y'all are not in this alone. We're all in this together. We, we are. We're all in this together and God is with us. So uh, just hang on to that. Hang on to those skills that you learned today. Put them into practice and uh, we'll talk more soon, okay? All right, ladies, have a great day and I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.